What we really want, though, is people getting value out of the experience so that they come back year after year and really contribute back so we can make things better or provide it to other community members. That's definitely a pillar of when we were thinking about membership to make sure that we've created the right incentives to impact it. I'm Ben Grenell, part of the early startup team here at Levels. We're building tech that helps people to understand their metabolic health, and this is your front row seat to everything we do. This is a whole new level. Recently, we moved to a membership model and we got a lot of questions around what is the Levels membership? What's the value of it? What's the outlook on it? So Chris Jones, head of member experience and Maz Bruman, head of business, the two of them sat down and they discussed this philosophy around what our membership is. They did an AMA with questions from the community to answer some of the most common things people are curious about. In addition to that, they discuss some of the philosophy, some of the value, some of the outlook and the way that we start to build out membership and the value we create with it. It was a great conversation. Here's where they kick things off. You know, we have a lot of time thinking about our membership uh, and what does it really mean and why do people want to actually be a member of a group and from the first principles thinking and the thing that was really clear is people usually join a group as a member to um, meet a need, right? Whether it's physical, whether it's emotional or intellectual. And we really thought about like, what is it that levels would bring to people and go down that route and understand that the value that we're creating for people in those uh, vectors, we really want it to be more than what they're actually putting in, in terms of cost or time or friction or anything that basically users will incur when they join a group. So we model the membership and we strive to model the membership in a way that the value that we're creating for people in those aspects is more than the, what they put in. And the second thing that was really important for us is to really have a long-term relationship where membership trust is a big component. Trust is really a heuristic decision-making rule. And what that means is you need to have that to believe what the, you know, people are doing in a relationship is actually for the benefit of that relationship. And so when we thought about membership, we really wanted to create two pillars that we stay true to as we develop levels is one is continues to create value. And hopefully that value for people will be more than what they put in. That value is different for different people. So some people may find a lot of value in the beginning and some people may not, and that's okay. As we get better, hopefully we bring in more people in the folder. The value we're creating for them based on their specific needs will be more than what they pay. But that's okay. That's just, I think, the nature of a startup and the product becoming more mature and the value increasing. And the second thing is trust. Every decision we make within the company, you know, whether, as you know, around support or business or clinical or any of the things we do should be designed to increase trust. So the question that obviously we all ask ourselves internally is, this thing that we're about to do or roll out, does it actually increase or decrease trust? So really it was simple. Those two principles, create value, build trust. First of all, maybe we should dive into what's included in the membership and why we think that it, it creates value. I think what our magic is today and hope to build on is really around the software and the insights that the software provides. That a lot of research and work is going into and product development. 
and the content, right? The content that makes sense of everything that we're seeing using the CGMs. I think so that those, the, the software and the content are two of the pieces. And the third one is community. As we learn more from our community, we can give back. As we learn that how food affects different people based on their demographic age or their specific individualized metrics, like how can we actually play that back to people in a way that makes sense? And also provide a environment where people can learn from each other, whether it's from our advisors like Dr. Lostig and Sinclair, or whether it's actually other members that they can, can learn from. So we can dive into those two. But then the third piece is obviously making the things like CGMs and labs available in a frictionless and convenient way so that people can use them in a way to achieve their health goals. Yeah, those three areas are, I think to your point, as the team continues to operate on all fronts, which is great. I know in the app, it's really exciting, which we're just starting to roll out to our members now, a lot more insights or personal insights, which to be honest, we've been a little bit, haven't really cracked that nut to date because we've you know still been kind of building the infrastructure. But as we're now just starting to tap in kind of that database and actually when I'm seeing foods in terms of like, hey, I just had pizza, how does that affect me versus the community? And how the last 10 times I had pizza, how did I do? And now I'm actually starting to get a sense of like my personal kind of distribution with a food or type of food over time, as well as kind of where do I sit? Like, is this bad for everyone? That's just for us scratching the surface. I mean, we are you know, collecting a ton of data around food and logging, which just makes the system better. And now we're just trying to say, how do we surface that in a way that's actionable to people? And that's going to be different for some different people. Some people want to like, give me all the nutrients, give me all the details. People are like, just tell me what to go do. And we have a wide range of users that have different backgrounds, different education around metabolic health and trying to find something that addresses all of them will continue to be a challenge, but one that we, is why we're here every day and why we show up and why we're excited to try to make it more valuable to everyone. Yeah, I think, you know, the first thing we tackle is try to show people through biofeedback, how does the food that they're consuming affect their glucose? And I think that's sufficient, necessary, but not sufficient. And the question is now, okay, now that I've had this response, like how can I understand it from a physiological perspective? And then after I understand that, what should I do? And I think a lot of the work that Levels and advisors have done is try to make sense of that with the content that we provided. Dr. Casey obviously provided a lot of insight into how physiologically a lot of these things affect us. And the next thing is be able to do that in a way that's really understandable and simple, right? And I think a lot of the work that's going into product today is trying to bring that understanding of how these things are affecting us in a much more easy to understand way. And I think the next step is, okay, what is it in there that actually is affecting me and what should I do about it? And I think what well, you mentioned around the community and the data really showing that when I log or take a picture of the food and I log what I just ate, I'm showing that out of the things that you ate and based on the information that we have, we know that these ingredients, for example, spike other people and showing that insight. People say, hey, out of the pizza that you ate, it's not the pepperoni or the cheese, maybe it's the crust. And this is the part of the thing that uh, affected you. Or if you're eating pasta, maybe it's this type of pasta. So it tells you in the food, what is it that affecting your blood sugar in a negative way? And then also from the community, are there alternatives that I can explore, right? Some people may have the same response and maybe they have tried many different things that actually have a different response, but not reduce the quality of the uh, enjoyment of their food. So Maz, what you're telling me is 
I have to stick to New York style thin crust and I can't have that yummy, gooey Chicago style thick crust pizza anymore? Is that the summary of your? <laughs> well, actually, it's a good question. You, Chris, may be okay with that, right? Maybe you don't respond to wheat the same as many other people and maybe pizza's okay for you. And so that's the beauty of levels. You, you hit the interesting thing around them. We talk a lot of this around, you know, the what works in general versus works for you personally. And we, we are definitely of the personalized nut- kind of nutrition and personalized insights. But to some degree, knowing where to start is good. And we might say, hey, in general, these are foods. Like as we write content around foods to eat at Chipotle or McDonald's or what to order at Whole Foods, like we're doing that with some more on the averages, but everyone's different. I know how I process food is very different than how my wife processes food. So I'm much more sensitive to something that might be high in carbs in terms of impacting my energy level or what I do, or she you know, may not be impacted at all. So a lot of the insights we might have within the app might start with, hey, these are things that people in general react well to or kind of spike, but everyone's different and everyone's unique. And if you really want to find out kind of how food impacts you personally, that's where having that both your individual data from the CGM as well as bouncing up against the community of how did they react to a New York style or Chicago style pizza gives you kind of that perspective of are you more or less sensitive to said food? Yeah, it really allows for the experimentation and learning framework where you say, look, I ate these things. The thing that most people react to are these three ingredients. And then you can run an experiment and say, you know, out of those three, two of them doesn't affect me. I've tried it. And one of them does. And the only change you need to make is on that one. And then knowing what kind of change to make is just important, right? So just telling people you shouldn't eat this and you should forego the the enjoyment is not a good way to add value. Really to say like, you can get the same enjoyment by trying these other three alternatives, which could give you the same enjoyment, but it's just a different way of looking at things. For example, I'll tell you like, in my morning breakfast, I used to uh, put in pears and bananas. Like those are the things I love. But I saw that bananas, for example, spiked my glucose by 50 points. Like I had never have thought that that would have been possible. If you told me that, I would have told you you're crazy. But I saw that. And then the reality is between bananas and berries, I'm indifferent. Like I like berries just as much as like bananas. So that swap that I made was swap the banana for berries and no response. I get a 10 zone score by eating the same breakfast. Just the things that I changed was took out the bananas and, you know, sometimes pears and replace them with berries. So the quality of my food experience didn't change, but the impact on my glucose changed dramatically. Bananas was one thing I ended up giving up because of my levels. I used to have them a lot of snacks and I was like, similar to you, I had a pretty decent spike. I'm like, okay, I can do something else. I remember when, when I first was beta testing levels before I joined, my aha moment came less around the food I was eating, but the timing of that food. So it'd be in the afternoon, I'd have a Greek yogurt. Yeah. And if I went, had the Greek yogurt and then went for a run, I was golden. But if I had that Greek yogurt and then sat down to knock out some more emails for 45 minutes to an hour and then went for the run, I was now coming down off my spike and the run accelerated it and I would go hypoglycemic. It had been happening for me for months. And I was like, what is wrong with me? I take care of myself. I'm eating healthy. And it was the subtleness of the timing of it made all the difference in the world. That's a whole nother dimension. Like we don't talk about a ton in terms of like when you eat the food. We talk about maybe having a salad before pasta. 
But the number of learnings that you know, we start learning as more and more people get in the system, like it makes the system smarter and the insights are going to get better over time. And that's yeah. pretty exciting to me because I think there's a lot you can get out today and we've only just begun. Yeah, and I think that's the power of the community, right? There is good science and physiology that explains why these things work the way they are, but we are all different. And so really having the community experiences building up and allowing people to understand things, but also account for the variations between people is gonna be really important. And so yeah. the example you made is probably you're not the only one that's like that, right? And at the same time, not everybody is like that. So really creating this like learning and experimentation framework to figure out what are the things to watch out for, but even then, what does actually affect me personally is I think what the magic is. Somewhat not my story, but on the Facebook community, which is super active, Last week, someone posted that they had a spike with Athletic Greens, which is a supplement a lot of us follow with that levels. And in 12 hours, it was 32 comments from that community of, hey, here's my experience. You know, here, try this, try having it before a workout, you know, after a meal, before a meal, add it with protein, drink it by itself, drink it cold and slow. Like the number of recommendations that came from that community in short order from someone just saying, here's a food that I think is healthy, but I personally had a spike. What are some things? And that crowdsourcing insight was super powerful. Um, and a lot of things that I would never even thought to try. So that was really cool to see that community kind of really being there to help that member out. Yeah. I think this is why the community is a big pillar for us, right? And how do we build that? How do we support that? Obviously today we use simple tools like Facebook, but in the future, that as we get more sophisticated and more go down the development path, like this is something that we really want to leverage so that we can give to the community and the community have an opportunity to give back to create this great experience for everyone. You know, one of the my personal examples was I love ice cream and ice, ice cream spikes, right? I think it gets, it spikes a lot of people if you just eat it as a dessert at night. It's just, it, it is what it is. And one of the community insights that I got was, this, you know, there's this brand called Rebel Ice Cream and it doesn't, right? It changed my world. It changed my world from before levels I eat ice cream like three times a week to levels, I stopped eating it because it spiked me and, you know, it was a loss. And now there's this brand that I could go eat. I feel just as good and it doesn't. And it's just that transformation, I think, that it doesn't take away. It's just different and it gets you the same result is really magical. When I thought about diet, I always thought about you got to give up a bunch of stuff to live a healthy, active life. Whereas this is like, no, you don't have to give it up. Just think about it differently and make adjustments. I'm shorting my haagen stock right now as you tell your story. <laughs> I love haagen You mentioned the dessert. I was listening to a, a community call with Sam. So Sam, our CEO, will often do calls with you know, people in the community of like, hey, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're up to. And I want to you know, get your feedback. And one of the suggestions that came out of that call with community was for desserts was the difference between a Reese's Pieces peanut butter cup and dark chocolate with peanut butter on it. And I'm like, this is great. So I've switched now, like my dessert now is dark chocolate with peanut butter on it at night. And I'm like, to your point going, yeah, this is a lot better for me than, you know, pulling out the, that ice cream because I, I don't have Rebel and now I need to go get some. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you should. I think, that, you know, that's another perfect example. As you said, like I, I'm agnostic to the dessert as long as I like, it's one of the desserts I like, right? Yeah. And then finding the one that I like and it doesn't spike me was the magic, right? And so this speaks to, I think, why we also 
chose a membership path, right? Membership implies that it's not a transactional relationship. It's not a one-month relationship. It's not a one-way relationship where we're just providing something to you and that's it. You know, you may think of the Netflix as a membership. It's a subscription model, but it's not a membership, right? Yeah. Because it's mostly Netflix providing content to people, right? And so, but we wanted something that has this back and forth and it's over the long term because I think it's these type of things, insights that either members provide to members or members provide to us and then we can surface for members is what makes this experience magical. And so, which, you know, dovetails to another question is, you know, we get a lot of questions, I'm sure that, you know, uh, your team gets and feels is why is uh, Levels right now an annual membership? Why isn't it a monthly membership? And I think this speaks to that. One is we want people that want to be engaged with Levels over a long term. Because first of all, like if you really want to make underlying health improvements, you know, health and wellness improvements, you have to be in it for more than a month. You have totally. to be. And that doesn't mean that you have to use CGMs, right? It means that you have to be engaged with your metabolic health over a long term. And really like having a membership model and a period around it that it allows you to do that is important. And the second piece is we want this two-way engagement where it's not just the transactional one month engagement and you're out, but really are you contributing to the community and get back from that community? And so that's part of the reason why we decided at least to start, we wanna only offer an annual membership instead of a monthly membership. It makes me think about New Year's resolutions, which you'll see January 1st comes around and all of a sudden everyone signs up for a gym membership and they go for a month and then all of a sudden they stop going and then they realize like, hey, why didn't that work for me? You're like, well, you know, changing yourself takes a little bit more than just like, hey, I showed up for one month. I went from a couch to a marathon in a month. Behavior change takes time and to learn it. And I think you're right. Like we want to incentivize things of like, all right, we're here to support you in your journey, whatever it looks like. For some people, it might be, hey, I've actually learned a lot by wearing a CGM for a month. And now I want, you know, maybe to experiment on my own and leverage community. And I don't need the the feedback of a CGM, or maybe I do a blood panel because I'm now worried about, okay, I've, I've made changes to my diet. I've removed carbs. I've added more eggs and bacon, but is that actually having a negative impact on my cholesterol? And they kind of want to balance that out to say, okay, did my, you know, is this, because as we recognize glucose is only one data point and we are, you know, looking to have kind of more, how do we triangulate and get lots of different data signals around food and health? I mean, glucose is great, but it can be misleading as you get into things like drinking alcohol or having canola oil, where you might get a great score, not necessarily a good thing to be eating. So it is a start for us. And, but the CGM is not the end all be all. It's kind of just the first step for us. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. I think thinking about the membership as a holistic approach for metabolic health is actually a good way to think about it. And the reason, as you said, we provided labs wasn't just because we wanted to do a lab product. It was because it's very integral into this journey of improving your underlying health. And it's the idea that, you know, maybe you get a CGM, you figure out what spikes you, right, through the content, through the community, through the CGM. And then you work on it based on things that you've learned. And so you could take a baseline lab and say, hey, here are my lab values, whether it's around A1C, fasting glucose, uh, lipids, which are your basically uh, cholesterol. And this is where I started. You know, I learned a bunch of stuff through using a CGM in the community. And then I'm going to practice those. And maybe I get another CGM to see how I'm doing. Maybe I don't. It doesn't matter. But you can then do another lab at six months or a year and say, like, look, I've 
understood what I need to do. I've practiced it now, taking the labs, I can compare and say, wow, look at these markers that show that my health is improving. And that's an integral approach versus an ad hoc approach of saying, I'm just going to go to a lab, I'm just going to go to CGM, and they'll really talk to each other. And you can only do that within a framework of a annual membership where things talk to each other and build on each other. I recently did one of the labs myself, which was comparing the last time I had blood work done where I had to take a you know half day of work off. I had to you know drive to the hospital. I had to sit in the lobby for an hour and then you know and was in there for 20 minutes and pretty much ruined most of my day. And then maybe my results never come back until I actually reach back out to my doctor. I'm like, oh, what, what happened? But with the levels, the metabolic panel was super easy. Like it was in and out in five minutes. You know, they came to your house. They kind of draw a couple vials. A couple of days later, shows up in the apps with guidance from our advisors. It's not, you know, prescriptive. Here's what you should do. But just what's a good ratio for cholesterol? Um, what's good for triglycerides? And, and having you know, world-class doctors as they get their perspective around what they think is generally a normal value, an optimal value, different. Like it was so much more helpful than not just, you know, the convenience of getting the blood, but in terms of like how I interpreted the results and like, what do I need to go do about it? Yeah, I second that. I mean, I've never been excited about taking a blood test, but when I signed up to the levels, it was cool. Somebody showed up to your house. I didn't have to go anywhere, wait until any of that. And then, you know, the, obviously, the, you know, taking blood, some people like needles, some people don't. Like, I don't know many people that like needles, but maybe there are some out there. But, you know, generally that experience is never meant or, you know, uh, viewed as to be a positive experience. But it's funny, I was looking forward to this because I was feeling like I'm going to get something back, right? It's not about doing the blood test. Usually when I get a blood test, it's an annual checkup, just meaningless, right? You do it. First of all, it takes a lot of time to do it, a lot of friction. But then you get the results back. It's a bunch of like stuff that doesn't make sense with acronyms and a bunch of ranges that are not personalized in any way. And I don't even really understand what the implications are. And I think what we've tried to do is obviously reduce that friction to the extent that we can, right? The fact that you don't have to wait. Some people are working on your schedule instead of you on them. And the fact that it shows up right, in your app, you don't have to go phone somebody or text somebody or do any of that. It just shows up. And I think what I loved about it the most probably was the context that was there, right? Mm -hmm. Really hearing from the experts in the field, like what does it mean to have a... TG over HDL ratio, that's XYZ. Like, why is that even important for me? And looking at the most forward-thinking, best researchers that are talking about that was super interesting that I've never seen anymore, right? Obviously, Levels is a general wellness app, so we're not providing specific medical advice to people, but just seeing, like, how do the experts think about these metrics and these ratios? And based on the best research that's out there, where do I sit in that range? And then I could make the judgment for me. And obviously, if I want to go talk to a doctor, can outside of levels. You can say, you can take that to the, you know, like doctor and say, hey, this is the thing that I took. This, I understand. It makes me much more educated to have that conversation with my doctor instead of getting a bunch of lab results that I really don't understand and know what to do with. And they seem okay. But when you look at it in combination, they're probably, or maybe not okay. But because labs are graded on an individual basis, like they all seem okay. And so anyways, I found that super exciting and interesting and looking forward to the next one. Yeah, it reminds me of a different value that we haven't necessarily fully tapped into yet. But I could see down the roadmap of when I was first using Levels, I had my annual checkout and I was in there and I had my CGM on and my doctor was a huge fan of it. She's like, yeah, love it. 
good for you, like to be actually, you know, you know, getting that feedback around your diet. And now I'm imagining having that next same checkup of like, now having a conversation with my doctor around like, hey, because she started asking questions about my diet around, is it plant-based? You know, are you eating you know, too much saturated fat? So now it's like, I've got to actually a log, a journal, the foods I'm eating, the foods I react good to or not. And now I can actually, whether it be with a doctor or a nutritionalist or someone, I can have a much richer conversation because I kind of have this diary of this is what I've been eating and this is how my body reacts to it as a record. I can start making changes based on. So having that kind of getting data out of the app, not just for the individual, but to have a conversation with your family, your doctor, your nutritionalist, like becomes very powerful. Yeah, I think that's part of the value of the what the membership is. It gives you tools so that you can get more out of it from different aspects of your life. One is how do you interact with your doctor, right? And so the thing that I've always been my pithy when I go to the doctor, first of all, they ask that family history thing every time. It's, it's almost like no past interaction informs the current or future interaction. It's like, you know, Groundhog Day. You show up and it's like the same questions. No information in my previous visit will inform this one. And they probably don't even read that stuff. So I think allowing that continuity or as you come to that visit with a bunch of information that you as the consumer have been educated on, have been tracking, and in partnership with your doctor, you kind of look at it. So also the doctor's in a tough position, right? They're going to see for a short amount of time that have the information that they get in those standardized forms, probably not exactly what they get, they got their way. And also yeah, a lot of time may not be helpful, but coming to this relationship between us and our doctor, at least for me personally, it's just so much more powerful. And a lot of them appreciate it. Right? It's like, wow, this is really great. Now let's talk about the specifics. And then what it does, it also allows for the next conversation to build on this instead of being, again, a totally ground on new thing where you show up and they ask you the same questions all over again without any kind of continuity. Yeah, I, I'm just picturing that. I mean, you're right. Like it is just a reminder of kind of our current healthcare system of just there's so much inefficiency and so much areas for improvement, for a better experience, uh, more convenient, you know, more you know, easier to carry around in your pocket versus the, hey, I just moved and now I have to go get all my records from one you know, provider and carry it in my little pamphlet and take it of like x-rays and, and readouts. Like it makes it hard when people are mobile of like, oh, I, if you've been seeing the same doctor your entire life, he or she may know that just because he'd been seeing you. But if you, people move around a lot and that becomes much harder to kind of go from system to system. Versus like, all right, to what degree can I have information about me kind of in my pocket all the time and kind of see how I'm improving or, or not over time? As we talked about some of the markers of tracking improvements like cholesterol or, or ratios, another one people that come to us from support a lot of is they're looking for weight loss or, you know, kind of diets. And one thing that's really rewarding is when members don't just, I mean, obviously we're more than happy to answer questions as they come in from like, hey, what should I do? Here's what I'm trying to solve or um, to get more value out of it. But when people actually share their stories with us proactively, this morning, we had a member that wrote into support and she uploaded a video to us of basically just saying thank you to Levels of, hey, I've tried lots of things. I've been using Levels. Seeing what caused my blood sugar spikes was the most beneficial thing to me. And through changes in her lifestyle and diet, because of seeing what kind of caused those spikes, she lost eight inches in her waistline. And that's significant outcome. So our goal eventually is like, are we actually changing health outcomes for people? And are you being healthier? Are you, you know, living a better lifestyle? Are you getting better sleep? Are you eating you know, a better diet? 
that's really our end goal is to kind of be here and to kind of support you in that journey in any way we can. It made my day when I got that video of like, wow, like usually in support, you only hear about what goes wrong. Hey, this didn't work or I can't figure out how to log in or I can't find that thing. Yeah. Or my app crashed. But when people take the time to not just say, hey, you guys are great, but to record a video and upload it and send it to us, like that really meant something. Yeah, it reminds me of when I was at Apple and we'd get these Dear Tim letters, which, you know, one of the health features either helped save a life or improve people's lives where they'd write to Tim and, you know, get a copy. It's the same thing. It's really rewarding when you see that. And I think, you know, obviously we're trying to improve the underlying metabolic health of people, which has many different implications for different people, right? Some people want to manage their weight. Some people want to, you know, have more energy. Some people may want to make sure they don't uh, progress into things that would reduce their quality of life. Like it's many different things, but the beauty about, I think what we're doing is we're providing the underlying changes in your metabolic health that could lead to these things. And different people obviously get different value out of it, right? For example, this member that you're describing, the thing that they cared about the most is the eight inches, right? And also probably not progressing with some of these diseases that come with weight issues. But the beauty is they used it and got the value out of this thing based on the things that we've provided. Right. And this value could be very different for different people. You know, one of the questions that we sometimes get is the, you know, pricing of membership. Hey, what is this thing paying for? Right. And why is it this amount? And I think, you know, obviously we're a start, right? So we are early in our journey. And there's a lot that comes with over time with economies of scale and improvements. And so I think it's no different than, you know, some of the products out there that are on the leading edge. Like, you know, Tesla was a good example. Like the first vehicle that came out was over $100,000. It's probably nowhere as capable as the vehicles that come out today. So a lot less capability and a lot more expensive. But over time, it's this idea that how can we improve the value while reducing cost, right? And I think we're at that stage where we think we've created a product that will deliver a lot of value to some people, which is as you, uh, you know, example that you use. And then over time, we hope that we can deliver it. And for that person, the value they're getting out of the product is way more than the membership fee that they're in, right? There could be others that today may not be in that boat. May the, the price of the membership may be higher than the value they'll get out of it. And that's fine. And that's really our efforts to increase the value we're creating for more and more people while reducing cost. And so, you know, that's obviously something that we're, you know, constantly thinking about and trying to bring that to more people at a more reasonable price. And it's just where we are in this stage of the company where, where we're working. If we look at our user base today, you your point, a lot of them are pretty well informed. They follow a lot of this you know, our advisors, they read a lot of blogs and they're vested in terms of making changes, which is great. And the feedback they've given has been incredible. But I think we realize like the people that are most, could probably get the most benefit from our product are the ones that really can't afford it. They're the ones that are eating McDonald's or convenience food because either one, they don't have time, they don't have the money to go to Whole Foods and kind of get rich. So as we think about solving the metabolic health crisis, like affordability over time becomes a huge thing for us to get leverage to get into the audiences of people going, hey, sure, I'd like to know more about new foods, but that's just way outside my price range. And I just don't have that type of disposable income. And you're right, like our goal is saying, 
how do we make this more affordable over time and bring that price down so that we can really unlock this for the masses, not just the people that say, yes, I've got you know extra money that I can spend and I can, you know, I'm trying everything under the sun. I mean, they're great to learn from and we're super excited about the results so far, but we really need to long-term make it more affordable to make it so we can really make an impact. Yeah, I think, you know, one of our goals is impact a billion people. And in reaching that goal, one of the necessary steps is to make this affordable, right? And so there are many ways, uh, obviously, as you know, we're working on to achieve that. And it's just going to be one step at a time. Hopefully we'll get there. There's a, a lot of conversation we have internally around what's levels, I guess, like better term, the free offering. I mean, one, we have a very rich blog today, you know, tons of content, lots of newsletters. Like a lot of people are learning around things that are good or bad for them without ever having any need to sign up, which is great. The content that we create at levels is part of our value proposition of like, we want to make sure that we are reaching the people that can't afford levels and they're benefiting from our learnings in terms of these are foods that you should, if you have to go to Chipotle or McDonald's, because these are things that you should likely get and not get this. Like, can you make small changes versus the, oh, I can't afford to go to Whole Foods and like completely, you know, change out my grocery cart. So there's a lot of things that we're trying to do where it's like, hey, these are free things that we're giving back to the community, regardless of if you're part of the membership or not. Yeah. I think that's a good point. I think we've uh, consciously made the decision to make our blog really rich and I'll put it behind the paywall because that, you know, the people that will benefit from that information will benefit from free, right? I think also disambiguating between obviously the two costs of levels. One is obviously the membership fee, which we've separated out, which currently it's uh, around $200 a year. And then the other one is cost of other third-party services like CGMs and labs and nutritionists. And, you know, the reason we separated the two is with levels, you need to, at least to start to use a CGM, right? We don't make that CGM. And um, we don't also want to be in a position where we make money on that CGM. So this idea that we don't want to sell you, we don't want to be incentivized to sell you more stuff or less stuff because we don't make money on the hardware or labs or any of that. And we wanted to align our interests with our members that we would only recommend these third-party services while we think it will benefit your health. And we don't benefit either way, right? And it's really for us to make the right recommendation for the member. And the cost of what they are or what they are today, we're working on, you know, helping them make it more affordable. But really, you know, what we're trying to do in that front is make sure that, hey, we make the process as frictionless as possible. So for example, you know, the the physician consult and the delivery and all that just just magically happens, right? So that we get that third-party product to our members in a seamless way. Or for example, as we talked about the labs, you know, you can just order it through the app. The person shows up to your house, takes the thing, the results show up magically in your, in our app. So what we've tried to optimize, obviously we need to work on costs, right? In the consumer market, we're trying to reach a lot of people. We need to bring the cost of those down in partnership with our people that are providing needs. But really, for, for now, optimizing on the friction, right? Make it as easily available to people and make sure that the quality of people that we work with are also really high, right? We don't want to go work with people that people with, with suppliers or, you know, partners that are member base, uh, find to be not high quality. I think that goes to the angle of building trust. So I think it's that piece, which is the third party stuff that we don't make ourselves the cost or the price doesn't benefit levels, we're passing it on. And then there's the membership fee, right? 
And so what the membership fee really pays for is we need to continue to invest in making levels better. And also being a for-profit company, there needs to be some return so that we can actually raise money and build the product. So the membership fee is really where the fee goes to levels to help us improve our product and invest in our product and also be in a position as a for-profit company to grow. And so I think that's a question that comes a lot is like, hey, why am I paying $200 per uh, month of CGMs and $200 per year of membership? Like, can you explain that to me? And I think the explanation is that we try to not make money on the CGMs. So none of that goes to levels or, you know, at least in a meaningful way. And we're trying to pass that on. We don't want to be incentivized to sell more stuff to you. And really the levels membership fee is what's helping us develop the program and uh, invest in, in the company. In the examples you brought up, which I completely agree with, but at the same time, I think Levels realize we try to improve that member experience with that technology. So the example is when you get CGMs through Levels, it comes in a Levels kit. We support it when you have questions, you reach out to Levels support, like we provide education, you know, videos, and we're supporting you with that, whether it be that lab, or that CGM through it. It's not the, hey, you've got the CGM through us. Now, if you have any questions, go to the manufacturer who made it. That would not be like, we're trying to say, hey, how do you get the most value out of it? Yeah. One example I think about, we were looking at people that we saw um, a handful of people that had ordered a CGM through Levels, but we didn't see them show up in the app. And we actively reached out to them to say, hey, it doesn't look like you're getting as much value from the membership as you could, one, is there anything that we need to do to help you in the journey? Where did you get stuck? Because you're right, some companies might have said, hey, we got someone money from someone and they didn't use it. Great, that's gonna be less support volume. We actually said, no, like we wanna reach out and help you in the journey to figure out, get as much value from this as you possibly can. And if you're not, like we need to make sure, are we making it more seamless? Is it more instruction manuals? Is it more videos? Is it more white glove service where we pair you up to someone like a power user of the community to kind of share their experience as they went through their their levels journey? So I absolutely agree that we're not here to sell product. We want to make sure the product that you do buy from us, you get value out of it. Um, because yeah. if you're not, then we failed. And yeah. we need to make sure that we're, we have offerings that are compelling for all sorts of different types of users. Yeah. And I think that was part of the philosophy of the membership. We don't want to be a gym membership where we want to bring in a ton of people and the less they use it, the more money we make, right? And that's not what we want. We actually want people to be engaged with levels so that they can see the improvement in their underlying health and want to come back and use more levels and be a member for years to come. So by separating the buying stuff from us on an ad hoc basis, like CGMs and labs and stuff from our profit making, we don't make money or lose money by people using the stuff. So we're not like a gym where the less you use us, the more money we make. Or, you know, the more you use us like a, you know, a car dealership or an oil change place, the more money you would make, right? So we separated that incentive to say the more you use us or the less you use us, the money doesn't change. What we really want, though, is people getting value out of the experience so that they come back year after year and really contribute back, right? To contribute back so we can make things better. We're providing to other community members. So. I think that's definitely a pillar of when we were thinking about membership to make sure that we've created the right incentives to create to impact it. As you talk about incentives, uh, a couple of things that 
we've done recently within levels is we've almost entirely stopped reporting metrics like revenue, which is normally what most companies report on. Hey, what was revenue last month, last week? What we want to focus on is the value members are getting. And kind of our North Star today is food logging. You know, what percentage of our member bases are you know, getting the app and logging food? Because that for us, that's really the thing we can grab onto. Of You just had that pizza, that pasta, that sandwich, that banana and berries. Did that help or hurt you? How did that react? Like that's really the value you know, that we're providing. And if people aren't kind of logging food, then we know they're not getting the maximum value out of the app. And we're trying to really say, okay, let's make sure we're laser focused around the experience and how seamless it is and how like removing the friction and really digging in around how do you get more value around like a North Star metric, like logging food. And if you do that and add value, the money will come. And we actually don't want to be distracted by a good revenue week or a bad revenue week because it can go down dark patterns where that's really what you focus on of, all right, we do an A-B test and which one generates more revenue. Like that's absolutely the wrong thing to do for us. It's like, well, which one generated more people logging food, going to the insight cards, consuming the content based upon the personalized experience. Like, and that's just a difference of how we operate. To your point, we're trying to be aligned with membership value and how we measure that and how we track and optimize what we do to help make sure that our incentives are aligned is really refreshing to see having worked for several companies. Yeah, and I think some of the most successful companies in the world are ones that are creating value for people, right? And we really want it to be that which is we want actually people's health to improve, right? And how do we think about that? What are the things that, what type of engagement do we need to create to help people improve their health? Obviously the duration is one, right? Making sure that people are engaged over the long term. The second is what kind of behavior in the app actually could lead to better outcomes, right? Obviously food logging, if you're logging your food and seeing the impact of that and blood glucose, and then you can make those decisions or experimentations around, you know, how to make adjustments or, you know, other lifestyle factors like exercise. By seeing that kind of behavior in the app, at least we know that people are engaging and based on that engagement, hopefully they're learning things that will help them improve their underlying health. And really chasing that to make sure, A, like the program that we're creating actually does create engagement. And if it does create engagement, it does actually move the right metrics that show that people's health and wellness are improving. And really design around that instead of trying to chase revenue. Like how many people can we get into the app? How fast to book that revenue? Or how many CGMs can we sell to people to book that revenue? I think that's the wrong approach. And so I think we've been deliberate about that. And, you know, we look to our community to learn every day. We're, again, still a startup. And there's a lot more learning for us to do. We're probably not perfect. And so we're making changes as we hear back uh, feedback. This category is for general wellness is really, really new. There's a lot of just pure education. A couple of years ago, if you asked someone like what metabolic health was, they probably have no idea what you're talking about. And it's still early in that journey, but a lot of it is like convincing people of why this matters and why this is such an epidemic that isn't talked about today. Because sometimes is it because it's hard to manage? Is it because you know, it takes too long to figure out the outcomes? Or is it just something like, uh, we didn't know what to do about it? But now you know, we're actually, you know, trying to get out there and more proactiveness of like, all right, like, let's not wait till you, it'd be an example of like, let's wait till you have a stroke before you start measuring your heart rate and heart rate variability. It'd be like, no, like you should actually know well ahead. And we're kind of in the same thing. Like, let's not wait till you, you know, have some, you know, a disease where it's like, oh, I'm sorry, you're diabetic. Didn't you know that? Yeah. The further up that we can actually start informing people around the decisions they make add up. 
And I think, again, like this is a long-term journey. It's not the, hey, I'm going to, you know, sign up on January 1st and for a month and then I'm going to be magically healthy. Yeah. You know, this is about, you know, continuing like, you know, lifestyle choices you make around the quality of the sleep, you know, exercise, um, what you're putting in your body. I mean, food being medicine or poison. And that adds up. And sometimes it's not always going to show up in a week or a month. It could be like, hey, I'm tracking this over you know, my journey because I want to live to be 150. And technology is changing. And one a big factor is the food we use. And it's exciting the mission we're on, but it's a big one. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, one of the things that excited me about the health space that really changed the trajectory of my career, this was at Apple, was really putting the consumer at the center of their health. Because the person that cares about their health, most about their health is the person, usually, right? Yeah. And so it makes a lot of sense to put that person at the center and, you know, inform them and educate them and provide feedback in a way that will help them know what to do to improve their health. And, you know, what excited me about joining Levels from Apple was this idea that A, we're putting people at the center of their health and B, we're providing personalized value feedback to people, right? It's like the hamburger I eat shows up, you know, with very short feedback loop to me to see how that affected my, my glucose. And that's pretty magical. I think these bio wearables that should give you direct feedback of how that specific thing affected you personally and what it could mean for your health is the thing that excites me that is a step change in how health has been done. And I think, you know, companies like Apple with uh, Advent of uh, Health Kit and really changing the conversation, you started this. And then companies like Levels come around as part of that six ecosystem of building on top and partnering with people in the industry, like the CGM manufacturers, like the, you know, using wearables and all the platform that Apple and Google have created for health data to really help people understand their behavior and how that's impacting their health. And our job is really to show people that and then provide coaching, whether through content or community or other means to help them improve that. And I think that's the value that we're hoping to create for people. And the way that we think we can do that is obviously through the three pillars we talked about, which is make a software that does all that, provides the feedback, provides the coaching, provides the insights. For the content that goes with that, that's just in time, digestible, understandable, actionable, and research, fundamentally based in research, not hearsay. The second part is the community really being part of something, really getting and learning and getting coaching from those people, whether it's on, you know, world-class advisors like Dr. Lustig and Dr. Sinclair and Ben Bickman and all those guys, but also like our peers that are in different parts of their journey and they can provide learnings that we can obviously do experiments on, see if it works for us or not. But that hand in hand, that's the software and the experimentation framework, the content and the community together is the value that we're hoping to provide through this membership. And this doesn't work if we don't think of this as a long-term membership, which is a two-way relationship that we're willing to work on. I couldn't agree more. You mentioned Dr. Sinclair I remember being on the community call where we opened it up to our community base of, hey, let's have, you know, the book club where, you know, it's 90 people on a Zoom call and Dr. Sinclair and you should see some of the, the fanboys and fangirls that were, you know, in that and to like, oh, I've been following this person forever. And now I'm in, in a Zoom, you know, for like his book club that he wrote, like those moments are pretty special. And, and we've got a, a great advisory board and they're super helpful and they're willing to kind of participate in whether it be a podcast, a book club. And they're really engaged. 
And your point, you know, it's even like their insights that's showing up within the app when I'm looking at my blood panel around like, what do our advisors say about this metric? And I'd be like, now I, I know that person and I kind of respect them in terms of like, you know, them leading the field. And it's really cool because again, try to pull their insights of like people that have been focused most of their lives on this problem. Like, how do we make this easier to consume? How do we make it personable? And how do we make it where we surface that just that insight based upon what you're doing in terms of your lifestyle, what you're eating? It's fun and it's exciting for me. Yeah, it definitely is relatable I and mean, it takes people out of the ivory towers uh, to like, you know, these are, you know, everyday people that are spending all their life trying to help people. And that conversation back and forth is quite magical. You know, the other thing that we did was um, to, you know, uh, highlight the member centricity and community aspect was we just recently closed our Series A funding round. And as part of that, we really wanted to make sure that the people that are in our community are members are contributing and have been early supporters of us, have an opportunity to be owners of the company. So we open, even though it was really challenging to do this because of crowdfunding rule, we opened an allocation for our members and more than a thousand members uh, invested in levels to be along with the ride. And I think we think that creates also the right incentive because now it's like an integral piece as levels succeed, they succeed. And, uh, you know, it doesn't even matter if it's like $20 investment or $5,000 investment, it doesn't really matter, but, you know, really wanting to make people feel like they are part of Levels, you know, they're owners of Levels. And so that is kind of part and parcel to our membership and community approach. I remember watching that campaign and thinking, all right, like how long is it going to have to be before we start asking employees to like post it on their LinkedIn page or put it up on Twitter to kind of get more eyeballs on it. And it was oversubscribed in hours with one email to our existing member base of just like one email letting them know. And it just, it was really exciting just to see the, the energy, the passion from our early adopters, you know, who give us videos, who jump on calls with us. Like they're a critical piece for us to make this better because they're the ones trying it out. Here's what works for me. Here's other apps that I use. Here's how I'm entering my data or what I'm finding valuable or not. So it was another example that was just incredible to see kind of the groundswell effort of our community, basically like, yes, I want to sign up to your point, whether it's five bucks or $5,000, like I want to be part of this journey because I think what you guys are doing are cool. And I realized this early and I'm going to be part of that journey with you. It was super cool to kind of watch and to be a part of. And I'm really glad we did it as a company, even though I felt bad for Zach having to go through all the paperwork. Yeah, it was tough. You know, we should probably wrap this up, but I'm really excited about the journey ahead. You know, we're obviously at probably inning one and, you know, there's a lot more to come. And I just love the fact that uh, we're hearing from our members and obviously you're probably at the forefront of hearing from our members. And I really enjoy that we post a lot of the feedback, obviously anonymized so that, you know, privacy is protected, but feedback from people. And then we talk about it and we debate it and we try to address it. So I hope this podcast and other communication encourages that because we know we're not perfect. We haven't figured it all out. And hearing from people is part of the core uh, promise of the membership. Absolutely. And probably I would say my wrap up was like for existing or future Levels members, I just want a huge thank you to all of you. Your contribution, um, you believing in us, it has gotten us this far. So I just want to say it's because of what the time you give us and your energy and your time that makes us successful. So I just want to thank our existing members and all of our future members out there. So it's going to be fun and I'm excited. <laughs>